0: Hello everyone, Luisa Vago here, hosting another episode for Wings of Academy. It's a beautiful day here in Tampere, the sun is shining, and I have two amazing guests today. To me, it's always important to praise and support women business here in Finland, especially international women, women as myself. I found our guests on a Facebook group that is the community of international working women of Finland that aims to network and support each other, in our employment journey here. So let's go to the introducing part because I believe we have a lot of talking to do. Um, Jesse, can you start?
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you, Lisa, and thanks for the nice intro. So, yeah, my name is Jesse Christian. I am um, an um, entrepreneur, as you mentioned, um, in Helsinki at the moment. And uh, I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur, so I work both as a life coach and I also do a lot of content marketing by the side, um, which I think is a really nice balance to do both of these things. Um, and I've been in Finland now for, soon it's going to be four years, and I'm originally from Germany.
0: That's cool. How about you, Nikki? Can you give us some information?
1: Yes, hi Luisa, and hi Jesse, I am Niki, Niki Strabian. I'm from uh, Czech Republic originally, I have been in Finland for 22 years. I have lived the entire time except for the first year in Espoo, and I will continue living here for the coming future anyway. I am a photographer, a family photographer, I work with newborns and small children families basically trying to kind of do the circle of life so Um, I work with people also when they're a little bit older, the children, 15, 16 teenagers, stuff like that. That's what I do.
0: Nice. Uh, I was giving a check in your, your guys' social media, your website, and it is super nice what you guys are doing. So I wanted to know what inspired you guys to start your business here in Finland.
1: Yeah, um, so I actually moved to Finland because I like Finland, which I know is a bit unusual, not for love, not for work, not for anything. I just finished my master and I was thinking, where am I going to live next? And um, I decided to move back to Finland. I actually did uh, my exchange semester here, Ooh, it's already nine years ago, so there was quite some time in between, and I decided to move to Finland. Um and in the beginning, I thankfully found a job um, for a startup at the time as a content marketer, and they were working in coaching with a career coaching platform. And this kind of inspired me to start my own um, coaching company because you know I could see all the coaches in our um, platform and how they were working, the amazing work that they were doing. So it was really, for me, very much like a necessity to become an entrepreneur. I've never been one of these kids who are like, I want to have my own business or I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to build my own thing. No, like I wanted to be a coach. I wanted to help people. Um, I wanted to create, especially uh, be kind of creative with my work. And um, being an entrepreneur was the uh, best opportunity to do that. And thankfully, um, I think Finland makes it quite easy to become an entrepreneur. So I had a startup brand um, and had quite a, quite a good start, uh, even though I started when COVID hit, <laughs> pretty much at the same time. Um, but yeah, that's how I became an entrepreneur. Nice. I had a bit of a different journey. I uh, came to Finland because I knew nothing of geography. I wanted to end up in a country <laughs> where it's warm and there would be dark skinned guys. And because I know nothing <laughs> of geography or back then, I ended up here as an exchange student, similar to you, Jesse. And then after of mm. being an exchange student here, it was one of the years, I think there were two years like that in the past 50 years and one of them was the one when I was here as an exchange student when the spring was really warm and came really early and I thought what a beautiful country, this would be nice to live here, beautiful spring, lovely early, everything's great and uh, and I got a job with Nafia and I stayed with them for 15 years and um, then At some point I had kids and when I was on my maternity leave because both me and my husband are foreigners, I thought it would be nice to take some pictures of our children and send it to our parents abroad. And that's how I started taking pictures really 15 years ago or 16 years ago. And um, then it kind of snowballed. And when I came back to work from my maternity leave, I already had this as a full time job.
0: That's super cool. I saw your pictures. I really love it. And the concept of like. Taking pictures from when you're born, born till you die, like that's amazing, extremely amazing. And Jesse, your coaching style, I believe is super nice as well, like empowering women. It's something that I'm really interested about. And uh, I really think that we need more entrepreneurs here. They are foreigners as well. And I really like that community that I found you guys, because I really see a lot of power there. And it's good to see people that are also in this journey here in Finland, because it's not always easy. And I do know as well many of my Brazilian friends, because I'm from Brazil, I don't know if I told you guys. But yeah, they were like basically in the same situation. They were here for exchange studies and then they just fell in love for Finland and decided to move here. And some of them are also entrepreneurs, but they have a lot of stones in their way. It's not always that easy. So, talking about these cultural differences, how do you guys think that it was like the cultural impact working here for you?
1: Mm, That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, as you mentioned, you know, I work in In uh, women's empowerment, I have decided quite early on that I'm only coaching women because I think there is, you know, a gendered aspect to how we are living and how we are growing up, you know, and how we are experiencing this world. And my focus is a lot in, you know, looking to make women feel more confident, make women realize that what they are doing is already enough. Um, And that is something that i find quite interesting here in in finnish culture and what i've seen with finnish clients is there is this idea that everybody kind of needs to be equal um in sweden it's called like the but it's a general theme i think in the in the nordic cultures which is that you know we're all kind of equal you know we're all kind of you know taking care of each other um and there isn't that big culture of here I am, you know, listen to me, or or like standing out. Um, and that I think um, is something that I really want to to bring in is if you are standing up for yourself, if you are showing up confidently, if, hey, I'm good at my job, right? I'm good at an entrepreneur. You know, that not being too much, it's not being arrogant, but it's actually owning your power, owning how strong you are Um, and that's something that I would really like to see more of in in Finnish culture because there is uh, a way higher level of gender equality than in most other European countries but this level of showing up powerfully and owning your space I think is like the next level that, that we can reach together. Especially, especially as um, international female entrepreneurs. Hmm. I love your answer so much. I don't know if I can contribute after that. But... Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I think that for me, a culture difference as seen from starting the business and running the business the entire time. Um, maybe it allows me, being a foreigner allows me to be a, um, less... Um, belonging to a certain box of uh, what something means here. So in photography we are talking, we talking about visual issues and when we are talking visual issues we are talking usually about colors. And um, I feel there is a strong division in Finland about what colors mean and what it means to wear colors that are actual colors like you know, the colors of rainbow. And then what it means are colors that are not actual colors, which is white and black and beige and and gray and um, and then people attach values to it. And I feel that a lot of photographers have an understanding that they need to fit into one of those boxes because there's quite a gap between those values to those few different set of colors. While I kind of bridge easily and. And swing between both of them so i feel that it helps me to serve more clients and of course i had to learn finnish quite fast because i'm working with children and they're not interested in someone who speaks english so it helped me to integrate myself more and uh, because working as a photographer you meet a lot of different people i feel it helped me to understand better the finnish culture and uh, meet different people from different kind of backgrounds uh, professionally and uh, from different uh, families and in different family situations and um, if I compare it to the culture that we had in Nokia where you would mostly meet an engineer type of person, it did help me to learn a lot more and integrate much faster into the Finnish culture. So I feel like it has been a great progress for me and I hope that I'm still bringing something from the point of being a bit of an outsider to the Finnish culture in terms of my images.
0: I believe for sure people notice that we are foreigners and that we are here working. And it's great when like, we just have the opportunity to dive into another culture and to understand it and like in our company. Uh, mine and Emilia's and in our teams of course we have a company we just created our company in January I guess or February I don't remember, but we can definitely see we have a lot of Foreigners as well such as myself and we can definitely see how we add up To them and how the things also add up for us when we are thinking business-wide or just social aspects, it's always an exchange and it's really good. I really like it. Continuing this topic. Do you guys have any experiences like the biggest challenges that you have been through here? Yeah, I mean
1: <laughs> I guess we all have a lot of challenges when you're when you're starting your own business in a country, you know, where it's not your mother tongue, you don't know the system. Um it is a lot more challenging than starting a business in your home country. You know, if I was back in Germany, I would know how things work. Um, while here, you know, I have to learn about all these things. Um, and this is something that I think Finnish people don't always realize, um, because it's so normal to them, right? It's like, Oh, of course, like you go to Kela for this, or, you know, like you go to, uh, Oma Kanta for this, um, but as a foreigner, you have to learn all of these things. And then as a foreign entrepreneur, on top of that, you have to learn how you know how to get the uh, startup grant, how to do the taxes, you need to find a good accountant that works um, you know that works um, either with foreigners. In my case, I don't speak Finnish, uh, I speak Swedish, so I have all my documents in Swedish, but then it's hard to find somebody who, Um, who does everything in English. So those, I think, like this very bureaucratic things were a huge hurdle in the beginning to figure it out, but uh, it's a big, but because it's quite easy here in Finland. Thankfully, most things are online. There's lots of information nowadays out here. Um, So there's new code that organizes lots of events that you can attend. um, And that makes it a lot easier um but still you know you are in a foreign country there's a lot of things that you don't don't know um you might end up you know making a tax mistake but you don't even know about it because you don't understand the tax system like there's all of these very very bureaucratic hurdles um and then on top of that, for me in the beginning, um, it was quite hard to get Finnish customers when it comes to live coaching, because it's not really that big of a thing here. Like people are maybe used to getting a career coach or a business coach. A live coaching is only slowly arriving in Finnish culture, so I had to phrase the kind of work that I do in a way so that it sounds more like it's for career and. You know, it is worth investing into, even though, you know, like investing into yourself should always be worth something. Um, so in the beginning, I worked actually with a lot of American clients and only slowly like started establishing myself here um, in Finland with Finnish clients. Hmm, Jesse, that's so interesting that you say all of this because I agree and disagree with you all at the same time. Mm, (laughs) I I agree (laughs) with you that it is super important to find a good accountant and understand the taxes and, and do the right business decisions right from the start. And it is difficult to find clients at the beginning. I believe if you're starting in your business, um, it's always difficult to find new clients, no mm-hmm. matter your field. Of course it might be, I don't understand your field. it might be more difficult. but I think if you're starting as a photographer or you know with a small um, boutique or any kind of small business, it's always a kind of a long-term run. It's never a short term thing. Overnight successes are so rare and even those that are are usually backed up by a lot of work that is invisible and it just appears to be an overnight success but um, and but i don't think it's more difficult for foreigners i think that even people who are finnish unless you have both of your parents who are entrepreneurs if you know you come from a family or from a background where no one has ever done anything like that even as a finnish person this is all completely new to you so i think that what everyone has to do at the beginning when they're starting their business is to pay attention to making the right decisions and learning about the taxes, etc. It might be a little bit more difficult because some of the documents are only available in Finnish and Swedish, but if you find the right people, and there's plenty of people who work in English in accounting and tax advising and all of that, then they can help you get over that uh, language barrier. So I haven't had that. Uh, When I started working as a photographer, it was smooth sailing for, for me from the beginning. I made mistakes, but I wouldn't say it's because I was a foreigner or I had problems understanding Finnish. It was because I made mistakes. And um, and I think learning from that is necessary, but it could have been avoided if I educated myself better or I have connected with other uh, starting entrepreneurs or more experienced entrepreneurs. But mentoring or kind of this, uh, groups online were not available at that. So the group that we have available on Facebook, the International uh, Working Women of Finland, uh, is one of the places which I definitely recommend to people to start with when they're looking for good advice on whatever issue they are trying to deal with. And, uh, and I think good, good advice bridges the problems faster than learning the language, even though I think it is important to learn the language as well. I'm one of these people who say that if you come to Finland and you expect to be everything in English, then you are mistaken. This doesn't work in any other country unless it's English speaking. Yeah. Um, thank you, Nikki. And um, I do actually, I agree with what you said. Um, I mean, I never like this like tax example never happened to me. Uh, never had a tax mistake. Um, but like one big difference that I kind of experienced is that um, I founded a company together with a friend and she's fluent in Finnish. She's a foreigner, but she's fluent in Finnish and I am not. And many opportunities were available to her because of that. And as much as Finland might be like, you know, it's bilingual, many things are not available in Swedish. Um, And so she would know about, hey, there's a, you know, there's a funding opportunity here. Uh, There's this stuff from Business Finland. Um, There's, you know, like the um, entrepreneurship, Um, organizations, they offer mentorship, and I do agree with you, Nikki. I mean, ultimately, you know, if you live in this country, you need to learn the language, so um, I think that was just the difference for me in the beginning, is some of this um, hidden knowledge, I would say. Hmm. Yes, it is like that, if you don't speak the language of the country, lots of things will stay hidden to you, I think that's quite obvious. And it mm. applies to every country. I'm quite sure it applies for Germany, it definitely applies for Czech Republic. It is just necessary to educate yourself. You can run a business here if you are not Finnish speaking or not Finnish or Swedish speaking. But it is harder in that sense that these kind of opportunities will just go by because you will not understand they are there. Mm. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I would never imagine actually to To have a business here without speaking Finnish or Swedish. I have my friends in our company and I think they are extremely essential. Also because I feel like when you have a Finnish company, they are big supporters of this company. So I think it's important as well, like as I said, to dive in the other culture and to learn to make mistakes as well. Because from from those mistakes, you're going to have a lot of knowledge. Yeah, it is what it is. And also the Facebook group, that community, I think it's amazing. It's really amazing how we can find opportunities and how can we make networks, how we can connect with other people that we don't even know, but they're just like on the other street, like they are so close. And then we can have a good exchange of thoughts like when it relates to business or to empowerment or any topic, basically. And I'm really struggling with my Finnish, but I will learn. Yeah.
1: You can do it, Louise. Thank
0: you. I will. I will. (laughs) But I got here like one year ago. I moved to Finland. Yes, one year and a few months only. But do you guys had any effects coming from the pandemic in your works?
1: So I started during the pandemic, and um, I mean, I touched on this earlier. So in the beginning, it was very easy, I would say, to get clients um, in the U.S. Um, then the pandemic hit ahead was a bit harder <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, because, you know, the U.S. economy or like, the economic
0: situation there is often way more dependent uh, on, you know, do I
1: have a job? today and maybe I don't have one tomorrow um it's not as as stable as I would like to say as in Finland that you know okay I have my unemployment benefits I'm fine um so right from the start it was very easy to get American um clients um and then you know a couple of them were like you know it's COVID I don't know if I'm gonna have a job in the next couple of weeks months um so I can't currently invest Um, during that time, I mostly focused then on my on my content work. So I'm also uh, I'm a former journalist. Uh, I'm a content writer. So to kind of bridge that gap, I was doing a lot of blog posts, uh, social assistancy, social media management, website copy, all kinds of things. Um, and I think that's also important, you know, for your listeners, if they're interested in becoming an entrepreneur, um, you know... As Nikki pointed out earlier, uh, no business is an overnight success, and it is going to take time. Um, I would personally recommend to build out your business while you have a full-time job. Um, But if that's not the case, you know, like I was building my coaching business while I was also building my expertise as a coach. So having that safe haven of I'm good at writing, I'm good at content writing, so I can always sell that. Like, that's not hard. Um, but while I'm learning more and growing as a coach, like trying out all these different forms, running workshops, done a lot of women's circles, uh, you know, done podcasts, on all kinds of things, um, while I'm learning all of that, it's good to have that safe haven. And that's, that's also okay. Doesn't mean that you're failing as an entrepreneur. I have exactly the same advice. For me, it worked and that's why I'm standing behind it. Obviously, some people just drop whatever they're doing and they're off to the new waters and it works for them. It's exciting and they're able to take all the danger. But I had two small children and definitely didn't want to be one of the women who are having a hobby photography business while being supported by their husband. Uh, We had agreed with my husband. I don't, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, it just wouldn't work for me because we mm-hmm. have agreed with my husband that if it's a business, it's a business, it must be self-supporting, and in that sense, he's a feminist, he wouldn't let me to do work that is basically a hobby and pretend it's a business, you understand? That's so, so cool. Um, I I built up my business while I was uh, full-time uh, work working here, and I recommend to do the same. You have time. Uh, safely to build your expertise, uh, you can uh, gain clients, there are months and months when you are starting a business where you have no clients, easily. I would have, um, my work for example is seasonal, um, more work is in summer and there's less work during the winter, so um, at the beginning of my business there would be in the spring one or two months easily where I wouldn't have any shoes in that year. And if you don't have any other kind of Uh, income then how do you plan to survive you need to bring the bread on the table so I feel it is easy to build your entrepreneur in new life while you are working full-time in another job but of course now during the pandemic a lot of people lost their jobs and they're looking into new opportunities and they need to do this out of necessity and in that case just go for it and if you're just going for it because you feel this is your strong calling, do it as well. Um, for whatever reasons you're doing it, you can do it, but you have to be ready that you know it doesn't have to be so smooth, and um, it doesn't mean that because you decided that you are now an entrepreneur that the work will just be freely flowing your way. There might be times when there's nothing coming, and then there's times when there's a lot to do. But because you asked, Luisa, uh, about the effect of the pandemic on our work, I know that a lot of photographers have been affected by this. Um, obviously, event photographers and wedding photographers have been struggling a lot. But I have to say that uh, for people in my position who are small-scale photographers working with families not in studio but mainly outdoors or in people's homes, I have had the bids this year People are at home with their families. They want to celebrate that time. They have money because they're not traveling. If they have jobs, obviously.
0: So for me, it's been very good. Not that I want to for COVID to
1: stay, but <laughs> but I cannot complain that it has affected me in any
0: bad way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's great. Well, we need to t- to take every opportunity. So that's great. That's brilliant, actually. Jesse,
1: I always ask from everyone who I meet from the uh, entrepreneurial fields, what are your five biggest advices for a starting entrepreneur? Either something that you've made mistakes about and you want other people to avoid it, or something that you feel has been your great success. Mm, great question yes great yeah question. Um, um, i can kind of build up on what you were saying earlier because i was one of those people i just well i didn't just quit my job <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was working for a startup and you know they ran out of funding and it was kind of like okay are you going to stay with us for a while but well, we can't promise you you know to, to keep up the the payments and i decided to quit um and, um, and then I wanted to work full-time as a life coach. Um, and what I would now give as advice is don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> because of what you said, Nikki, you know. <laughs> it does take time. It takes time. Um, I remember I went to neutral and, you know, I was talking to the guy. And I'm, like, very good at content marketing, you know. I know about
0: seo i know about
1: organic regions blah 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 and i talked about all this stuff with um the new co uh consultant and he was like it doesn't matter seo doesn't matter he's like get your first 30 clients mm-hmm. and then you know <laughs> then you do all the other things mm-hmm. because getting your first clients is often you know through connection through you know these kind of things so um what I would really advise is to have your safety net, have your safety net in the beginning. In my case, that was my content writing. I knew, you know, I knew I'm a good writer. I knew I've done this now for nearly a decade. So I knew I, I could easily step there and there is a need there. It's very in in my opinion, it's very easy to sell um, content writing because there's always a need in companies to have good um, blog posts or a good website copy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the meantime, I, I built my built my life coaching, both like expertise, but life coaching is also very much about creating a personal brand. So it's very much about who you are, how you show up, how you share your story, how people relate with you, and that takes time. It's um, you know, it's about relationships. I think business is about relationships, building those relationships of trust especially in my industry, because people need to truly trust you to be able to get coached by you and to go deep into what is going on in their life. So yeah, uh, have a safety net in the beginning. Uh, I would definitely recommend um, five tips, man. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) my,
0: uh,
1: my, My second tip, would be uh, get yourself out there. So what I did in the beginning was a lot of you know, like social media, because that's what you have to do, blah, blah, blah. Um, but what really got me my first clients was always workshops, events where I was speaking because people can feel my energy and they're like, yes, I want to work with you. No. You're, you know, like you're interesting. You, the way you talk, it totally connects with me. I want to work with you. So get yourself out there, you know, network, talk to people and tell all kinds of random people what you're doing. Be like, hey, I'm a life coach. You know? <laughs> and then mm-hmm. they will be like, oh, I could need a life coach. And you're like, well, that's great. Here's my card. Um and as great as you know social media is and it can be a very important part of your business strategy, I think especially in the beginning, it's about those personal connections to people. Um about you know doing the groundwork. Um and then um a third tip, um get your head around. And accounting. Um, Understand at least the basics, I think it's very important. Um, That took me definitely um, a while to fully understand things there. You know, what's the difference between, okay, this is very, (laughs) very easy stuff, but like what's the difference between revenue and profit, and you know, how do you do your pricing? You know, those are all things you have to learn over time. What is a pricing structure that makes sense? Um, how do you, you know, also think about the VAT that you have to add at the end of the day, does it make a livable wage? Uh, all of these things, you know, you need to, you need to really learn and really understand, um, what they mean to have a good business. Um, and then my, uh, fourth tip, um, is work on your money mindset. Um, this is really funny because, you know, I'm sitting here on my table and I can look at a post-it that says, I am so worthy of receiving money and I'm safe and open to have money come into my life. Um, because this is something that I worked on with my coach at the time. Um, and I see that with many emerging, especially female entrepreneurs. They're not used to asking for money. They're very used to being caretakers. They're very used to, you know, like doing it for free or being like, it's fine. Give me a coffee or, you know, bake me a cake. Um, but, you know, you're worthy of getting money for the job that you are doing. Um, I agree. And I've spent quite a lot of time, I think, on my money mindset and, and working on that. Um, now to a point which is really funny. I. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, a startup reached out to me, uh, they needed somebody for their blog posts and I was like, okay, well, this is my pricing and I send it to them. And then there was silence <laughs> <laughs> and then after some time, <laughs> he texted me back and was like, to be honest, I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> because they were based in like Eastern Europe. And I'm like, hey, it's okay, You know, I have a finished pricing. If you want to work with a content editor that is not as experienced, that has a more basic you know, um, blog post uh, ratio, I can recommend you somebody. And the guy was like, no, just because I'm shocked doesn't mean I don't want to work with you. Mm-hmm. you and he was like, you might be exactly the person that we need, because we need someone who can write high quality, because in our industry, it's especially important that the content is, you know, on point. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was such an interesting experience because, you know, like I'm, I'm now also with my, with my coaching, I'm like, this is my rate. And if it's not working out for you, then, you know, I have other containers that are cheaper or even containers that are for free where you can also learn from me and where you can, you know, uh, learn from my perspective, from my work. Um, But this is my, my rate and I'm not, you know giving discounts anymore (laughs) yeah
0: it's definitely important to know the value of your work right Mm.
1: yeah definitely definitely so that took me actually quite some time and thankfully i had people along the way who encouraged me um i had even one uh, person who hired me and who was like you should double your rate you're worth more you should double your rate um that was such a such a good experience um did you ever um, just say, okay, for you, I will? <laughs>
0: <Huh>? <laughs> no, no, I was, like, I was like, thank you, yes, I will. <laughs> that's good, that's good advice, thank you.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, and then I think uh, my last tip is, uh, I mean, continue learning all the time, uh, continue to constantly educate yourself um i've worked over the years as i said i mean i work as a life coach and as a content writer those are already they have an overlap but they are also quite different um and in both areas i'm constantly learning and growing um working myself into new topics you know working for new startups so as an entrepreneur you need to to be kind of curious i guess you know to, to, to find something new especially in in my kind of field like um being creative looking into um what excites you you know what is like the next thing you want to do that really fills you with joy and excitement yeah so i think that would be my my five tips
0: Mm, i really like it it. (laughs) me too
1: (laughs) glad to hear (laughs) i'll start with yeah, yeah, what are yours? Yeah. Yeah, that, like, <laughs> I made a quick list before you started talking, and my first one was get the pricing right. Mm, and yeah. like, I think that is such an important thing. Like you said, for a lot of female entrepreneurs, it is difficult to ask for the right amount of money because um, they basically don't have the balls. And, mm. um, and I always tell everyone that being an entrepreneur means that you are the pimp and you are the whore. You are in both of those roles. So you have to be able to sell yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult. And, uh, and what you said is that you have to be able to stand behind the value, but I feel that for a lot of women, uh, being able to stand behind the value is easier if they truly understand why they need to ask for the prices. So obviously you look at industry standards and whatnot, but I would advise to start from the amount of money you need monthly for yourself. Don't leave your salary as the last thing, whatever is left from the company. Your salary is the starting point. If you're not getting paid, the company is not gonna exist. If you want to be able to deliver whatever your value is to your clients and you truly believe that your gift is worth establishing a company on, then you have to understand that unless you're getting paid, you will never be able to deliver the gift because you'll have to go and work in a factory or somewhere in an office or you know as a teacher or whatever it is that you will be doing instead. So start with what you need to make monthly for yourself privately, add on all the holidays and whatever expenses you have, and gifts for your mother's for the mother's gift and day, and you know, all of that. And then then based on that, calculate adding what you need for the company and the VAT and, and then dividing by how many hours are you planning to spend on one client and then you know how many clients per month you you need so that you can actually successfully run the company. There's a lot of books and um, material out there that helps you manage the money correctly but my go-to source is a book called the Profit First that is something mm-hmm. to all of my friends and whoever is starting with their business because it is such an easy book to read and uh, such an easy system to implement and it truly is focused on the fact that you need to be sustainable. The business is only sustainable if it brings salary to you as a person. So that's definitely the first one. And then if you have problems delivering your pricing to people then Uh, don't talk about it, but send it via email. For a lot of people it's easier, send the money, and then when you're talking about it, uh, when you're talking about the business with the people, have it all sorted, all the money already. So for example, uh, when you're a photographer like me, then I sort all of the contracting issues and all of the money via email beforehand, and then when we are shooting, or when I'm talking with the clients, face-to-face planning, they shoot, we are only talking about the pictures about what i'm going to deliver to them the money and all of that is already sorted because not that i don't mind i can talk about money but i know that it is a lot easier for a lot of people to do it that way and it's an easy way to do it and then you have it all on paper and everything is clear and happy for everybody then my second would be keep your website modern i know jesse that this is something that's probably easy for you but if you are not um, you know if, if this kind of knowledge is not your cornerstone, then um, and you have been around for a while. A lot of companies will end up with websites that are five years old and mm. if the website is five years old, it looks ancient and no one will believe that you are a modern company. True. You have to stay up to date with your online presence. So you don't have to outsource it. Of course it's easier, but it's expensive. But there is a lot of online solutions that for a little money and with nearly no knowledge of coding or anything that lies behind the scenes, (laughs) you can do. And I definitely um, think that everyone should have a strong online presence because it is important in today's world.
0: I agree. And
1: um, then um, probably at the beginning, this is not one of the first things you would think about, but then when your business is growing, um, it's too late to do that. So, I, because I have spent 15 years doing business, hardcore business, <laughs> before I started being an entrepreneur. The kind of business side of it wasn't unnatural for me to do. I still made mistakes, but, um, but it felt comfortable for me to do it. And, um, and I believe that you should have processes in place which you can stick to, and that will prevent you making mistakes. Mistakes usually come out of the situation which is exceptional, where you don't remember something or uh, you promised some stuff uh, verbally and it's not written down. Those are areas, that are kind of gray areas that are easily then bringing a lot of mistakes. And uh, try to make processes that are very friendly for your clients, but definitely safe for you. And when you are looking at the rules and processes that your industry is using, think about them. And don't just apply it because other people do it. Photographer businesses, it used to be a kind of industry rule that pricing on the website, because it would devalue the art, you know. Mm. And mm-hmm. a lot of photographers still stick to it nowadays. Not as many as before, but there are photographers who still do it. Don't do it. Just go on with whatever you think suits you. and what, you know, Even if everyone is doing it some way, if, if you think it's devaluing your art, you don't have pricing on your website. And if everyone else doesn't have pricing of their, on their websites and you want to have it, do it. You don't have to apply whatever the industry is doing to what you're doing. Do it your way. And then, and then, one that I think is very important if you are a small entrepreneur like me and you, Jesse, that you don't take stuff personally. It mm. is difficult because you are your product, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it's very important to not take stuff personally. Yeah. yeah, and when people attack your product, it kind of feels like they're attacking you. But mm or the line. It is difficult but you can learn it. I know it's hard at the beginning but you can learn it and even if it hurts you must be able to respond professionally. For that, for example, I find forums of your peers or forums like the group we have online very good that if you're not able to write a response that would not be emotional and hurt and horrible. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We always miss right away. Uh-huh. Then just that's what we used to do with other photographers. Um, I would just go like obviously without naming any names or giving much detail. But you go, I have a client and this is the situation and I don't know how to respond and they write the response for you. And because they are not emotionally involved in that, um, it comes out definitely better than whatever you're able to do at the moment. So, or what I have done is to have kind of a pre-written response that you can use if the situation arises, even if it's just few beginning sentences.
0: That's really well thought. I like it. That's something that I will probably need in the future and now, because I'm definitely the kind of, of person that takes things personally and it's really a boomer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> because the clients are buying a service or a product from you. Yeah, they kind of don't feel they and they don't deserve mm-hmm. for your emotions to be tangled among all of it, unless it's your joy of them being happy with your services. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely one of those. And then, and then, do have a perfect contract. That comes with this as well. If you have a good mm-hmm. contract, it saves a lot of trouble. Bulletin oh, yes. Yeah. Is written in a friendly and not too lawyery way. I have a contract that is not checked by a lawyer, but a lot of my clients are lawyers and they're always laughing that they love how friendly my con- my contract is, but all <laughs> the important things that are there are important, all the things that are there are important for me so that I feel safe and then I also allow them to be safe. So. That's something that is important for me. And then um, what you said that would be, I actually have a lot of points that are similar to yours, Jesse. My last mm. one, the continuous learning as well. I feel, I've done this now for 16 years, and my advice is you have never arrived. Mm. It's always a journey. You always need to be learning, always. It is tiring. I feel, for example, this year, that, oh, there's like all these new styles of photography coming in. Oh, do I want to learn again? And you have to, there's no other way really, even if it makes you tired, just take a little break and then go back to it with force and joy, but um, as this is the life of an entrepreneur, you need to be able to handle lots of hats, lots of stress, and to never stop learning. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you, Nikki, for pointing that out again with the (laughs) ABC, always be contracting. Yeah, I also, I have, I, 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 I like my contract a lot that I have in life coaching. Um, I even include some information also for the client, like what the relationship will be like. Um, so it's not just, you know, a piece of like legal work, but it also explains to them, hey, this is what you're getting, you know, yes. this is what you're signing up for. And this is how you, I even write in like, you can reach out to me this way. Uh, you can expect me to answer within this amount of time, like, All of this information, all the questions that they might have anyways, answer them in your contract notes. Yes, answer as many questions as possible before. The more questions are answered on your website or in your contract, the Mm -hmm. same client feels and the happier they will be with their results.
0: These are great tips actually for me and Emilia because we are just building our company's website so we have been talking about it a lot, how it's supposed to be and everything. So that's that's really good information there. And yes, I guess one of the parts of being an entrepreneur that is really good, even though it's super exhausting as well, as Nikki was saying, was like the learning part because you're always learning. You always need to be updated and you always need to like be in connection with everything that is going on in your area, in your city, in the world. So like it's always important to be updated.
1: Yes, um, and I also think, I don't know Jesse, how you feel about that because you said that in your field there aren't so many people. I I guess there's not so many people doing it since it's not such a uh, recognized uh, style of coaching in Finland yet. But uh, that was the fact for me, when I started with newborn photography, there were very few of us at the beginning, and now there is plenty. And uh, for some people that feels threatening, but I, um, I feel people should take it um, as an opportunity to celebrate that you are actually building an industry. Having an industry is safer for everyone, and the tide rises all the boats. So if you are feeling threatened, in building your business that someone's going to steal your idea or there's too many people doing the same thing don't you are only you and no one else can do what you can do mm. go there true do it and charge for it as you should and it should be success yeah yeah that's so important like we all grow together uh there are a couple of really amazing life coaches um here in Finland and especially in Helsinki, and you know collaborate work together like for me that's that's been very important from the start is working together with other people who are in my field because together we can lift each other up um, more than we would by ourselves
0: yeah i agree it's much better when you have support right from people that are already in the area or are also starting it's always good to have support that's why I'm here in Procatemia, actually, because we learn by doing, and we have the support of our teams. So for me, that's the best kind of entrepreneurship there is.
1: Yeah, you have to learn by doing. I love what you said, Nikki, about the making mistakes. That's so important. <laughs> like, you are going to make so many mistakes, and you have to learn to be okay with it, and to be like, okay, well, I made this mistake, I have to solve it now, and now I'm going <laughs> to move on, you know? <laughs> yeah. but- when you solve it you know you will never do it
0: again and yeah. you know that you can go through the through this like you did it but it's fine like it's probably it's not going to be the end of the world or something
1: mm, yeah, yeah definitely
0: it's it's necessary to have this kind of mindset as well like try to make our mind strong so when we fail we don't finish with everything basically
1: mm, yeah
0: It's past five now, so I'm really glad that we had this conversation. It was amazing. Uh, And I really would like to thank you girls for being here today. It was really, really good and I feel much better now after all this new knowledge. And those tips were amazing. Really, really nice tips. I guess everyone is really going to like it a lot so I thank you girls a lot and wish you all the best. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you Jesse. It was lovely talking to you. Thank you Luisa. Yeah same same. It was amazing talking to you Nikki.
0: It was great. Let's keep connected. Yes definitely. (laughs) Now we are getting to an end and thank you so much for listening. See you in the next episode. This was Luisa Vago for Wings of Academy.